Hey, this is Jonathan with Limitless Mindset, and in this podcast, we're going to be addressing the question, is pterostilbin better than resveratrol? So, you are going to want to go and check out the article version of this podcast that is going to be linked below wherever you are listening to this as that article is going to have all the good stuff. It's going to have the links to the science. It's going to have the links to the sources of the stuff that I recommend. And I will be updating that article in the future. You know, sometimes I come across new information. Sometimes I change my conclusions, change my mind on things. And these podcasts, these uh these multimedia formats where you can hear my voice and it's just a little bit more of an intimate experience. These are unfortunately static media. They don't change until I re-record them and put something else out. Whereas the HTML format is oh so dynamic. So I do suggest that you go and check out my website, limitlessmindset.com. That is where all of the good stuff is at. So I'm sure you've had this experience. You are at a dinner or cocktail party and you're drinking a glass of red wine and then you encounter another uh, another fellow traveler drinking red wine there and you say, hey, smart guy or smart looking gal, I heard that, white, that red wine is healthy and they will invariably respond, yeah, yeah, I heard the same thing. You know, that's because of the resveratrol, right? I think that's something that, I think that's a a health meme that has gone all the way around the world now. And I think almost everybody has heard that now. And this is because the red wine industry has done an amazing marketing job. Like, bravo, good job. Red wine industry. You get just, you know, hats off to you guys on the uh, rebranding of red wine as quote unquote healthy. Well, I'm here to inform inform you that uh, sadly, red wine isn't actually healthy unless you're drinking really high quality, organic, biodynamic red wine. Then it is arguably healthy. And I do, of course, include a link to a source of good stuff. Uh, I do I do have a affiliate arrangement with one of the biodynamic red wine companies out there. I have not tried their stuff yet. I would love to. I'm sure that it tastes amazing. And you uh, pay a, a pretty penny for that. But I do have a link to that in the article if you want to try uh, ostensibly healthy red wine. So red wine does include resveratrol, which is a well-researched anti-aging compound that has a mechanism flipping the epigenetic switches in our genome. As much as I enjoy red wine from time to time, the lesser-known compound pterostilbene has a more potent anti-aging effect though. So, and I show the two molecules, they are uh, very similar molecules. 
Let's talk about the advantages of Patero Stillbine. It is more bioavailable. It has improved lipophilicity over resveratrol, uh, which taken orally is just not that bioavailable, which is why you better, you know, have that ex have those extra, you know, three or four glasses of red wine. Make sure you're getting enough of that resveratrol, okay? The pterostilbine also has better bioactivity. It's able to cross cell membranes better, and it's more of a classic nootropic. It has cognition and memory enhancing effects. And importantly, this is the one that stands out to me. Pterostilbine doesn't blunt exercise gains. I don't take resveratrol because there's evidence from two human clinical trials that resveratrol hurts the gains that you might make in the gym, particularly in aerobic and cardiovascular exercise. So, you know, if you're going to go and hit up the gym and feel real proud of yourself for your session kicking ass in the gym, you know, take a couple selfies, upload those to Instagram stories, and then uh, go home and, you know, pound a couple uh, glasses of red wine. That's that's not such a good idea, uh, nor is it a great idea to be taking uh, resveratrol capsules on a regular basis if you're a person that's working out in the gym and you're in otherwise good health. Okay, let's look at the scientific research. There are over 500 scientific papers about pterostilbine published and several clinical trials. A landmark randomized double-blind placebo-controlled 2017 American study was published in the respected journal Nature. And I include a nice diagram in the article from that study there in the respected journal Nature on my article. So you're going to want to go and check that out. Here's some of the takeaways from that study. 120 elderly participants, and that is a statistically relevant amount of elderly citizens, and they were between the ages of 60 and 80 years old. And I'm trying to, at this moment, come up with a really great joke about uh, old people trying to date. Like if you were an old codger, if you were an old guy and you were a, a dirty old man trying to, you know, hook up with someone's grandma, boy, this study would be quite the place to pull that off, don't you think, babe? Okay. Hook up with someone's grandma? Yeah, you know, there's 120 elderly participants so if you wanted to pick up a grant, a granny, like that would be the place to do it, right? Oh, well, if the granny was very rich. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what I would be in the market for. Uh, if you ever, you know, abducted by aliens and I had no hope of you ever returning, <laughs> I'd go for I'd go for the rich grannies. <laughs> really? Oh yeah, how yeah, for you, sure. How, how would you pull up the, uh, you know? Um, the sexy part of the granny. Dancing. Dancing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd probably do, use the same move I used on you, which is, you know, teach him to dance, and then, you know, that would lead lead somewhere else. Really? Okay. 
Let's get back to the science, though. Pterostilbine was taken alongside nicotinamide riboside, which is an NAD plus precursor, which they called NRPT in the study. You know, these scientists, they just love to refer to everything by an acronym. Everything must have an acronym. And pterostilbine was an NAD plus hack. The two together increase NAD plus levels in humans safely and sustainably. In the standard dosage group, NAD plus increased by 40% after four weeks, and that's pretty good. And in the double dosage group, the NAD plus increased by 90%, and that's actually pretty good. The best podcast that I've done recently is my podcast exploring EMF toxicity. It's my review of the book EMF'd. And the takeaway from the book is that we all need a lot more NAD plus because of the significant uh, threat that we face from ubiquitous uh, EMFs from Wi-Fi everywhere and smartphones everywhere. And so if the pterostilbine is having the effect of uh, 40% or nearly doubling the NAD plus to 90%, that's a pretty good sign uh, for everyone out there who is, you know, worried about how catastrophic levels of EMFs are going to affect our health. Let's talk about NAD, not NAD, but pterostilbine as a mobility hack. There was a significant improvement in chair stand and power walking exercises. The researchers speculated that NRPT may support overall muscle health and or energy in an older population. And it has an excellent safety profile. Out of the 120 in the trial, one adverse effect, mild in intensity, assessed as possible related to NRPT, and that was nausea. So just one elderly person experienced a bit of nausea out of 120. That's really not bad. So the study also produced some helpful dosage recommendations. The standard dose is 250 milligrams of nicotinamide riboside plus 50 milligrams of pterostilbine. And then the double dosage is 500 milligrams of nicotinamide riboside plus 100 milligrams of pterostilbine. So if you're not an elderly person, that standard dosage is probably just fine. And I'll also note that the study was updated in 2018, a year after they did it. And I really love it when scientists notice errors in their work and then come along and correct them. The book Rigor Mortis talked about how scientists are these, a lot of times, too many scientists are people with these incredibly fragile egos and they will never, ever, ever correct their science when they make errors. So it's really nice when, I, I feel like I need to just, you know, do some some clapping, some bravoing when scientists come along and correct the errors that they may have made. Okay, so what does the science suggest about pterostilbine? 
First of all, that it is a sirtuin hack. It fuels the sirtuins, which are the light switches of the genome, and it decreases insulin resistance. As an antioxidant, it suppresses palmitric acid-mediated insulin resistance in hep G2 cells by reducing oxidative stress and triglyceride accumulation, according to a recent Indian study. Thirdly, it helps with weight loss and diabetes. It suppresses liver glucogenesis, a mechanism not dissimilar to metformin, which metformin is an interesting thing. I never took it because I was just worried about the the smelliness. Uh, Check out my podcast discussing metformin, and I delve deeper into the the dark side of metformin, the smelliness. And that's something that you don't have to worry about with pterostilbine. Thank God. Okay. Fourthly, it boosts BDNF, which is the uh, upregulating BDNF and mRNA, which according to a 2012 animal study, it also has an Im- a positive impact on spatial learning performance. Spatial learning performance. So that might mean that if you were going to be an architect, it might help you with that sort of thing. Might improve your dual end back scores, for example. Next, it boosts dopamine, the neurotransmitter that empowers motivation, good mood, and cognition. We could all probably do with a bit more dopamine. It contains important polyphenols, which improve brain performance. And I watched some YouTube videos out there. Typically, when I'm doing these meta-analysis projects, I try to actually go and just watch every single YouTube video about a given supplement. And that's what I did with this. And some of the YouTube videos said that pterostilbine improved brain performance by up to 17%. And I will admit that at that point I said, wow, really, 17%. You know, that sounds true, doesn't it? Unfortunately, I have to report back that after scouring the internet, I could find no supporting evidence for this. I'm sure that it probably improves brain performance, but by how much? Who knows? Okay, let's talk about pterostilbine's cofactors. Notably, the epigenetic vitamin NMN could be potentiated uh, could be potentiated by pterostilbine, according to a Scientific American article. Quote. NAD boosters might work synergistically with supplements like resveratrol to help reinvigorate mitochondria and ward off diseases of aging. While resveratrol has hogged the anti-aging spotlight over the past decade, unsung researchers in places like Oxford, uh, Massachusetts, is that Oxford, Massachusetts or Oxford, Mississippi. I am not sure what they're talking about there. 
anyways, have quietly shown that pterostilbine is a kind of extra potent version of resveratrol. The pterostilbine molecule is nearly identical to resveratrols, except for a couple of differences that make it more bioavailable. I've used resveratrol, and frankly, it did not blow my biohacker socks off. Compared with a number of nootropics I've tried, it was a pretty underwhelming experience. If I was to use resveratrol again, or pterostilbine, I would follow the advice of Dr. David Sinclair. And what he said was that you can think of resveratrol as the accelerator pedal for the sirtuin genes and NMN as the fuel. So he is also suggesting combining these two things. So let's talk a bit more about nicotinamide mononucleotide. That's NMN, which is another NAD plus precursor. I would choose NMN over the nicotinamide riboside used in the American study mentioned above. The science isn't clear, which is better though. They both seem to deliver about an equal uptick in NAD plus levels. But according to a not, a not insignificant number of anecdotes, NMN is more stimulating. It delivers more of the classic nootropic effect, which is what a lot of us want. So I would modulate the American studies protocol a little and instead use NMN and pterostilbine. Thus, I would like to, it is my pleasure to present to you the epigenetic awesomeness protocol. So this protocol will give you the epigenetic and insulin sensitization benefits of both the resveratrol and the pterostilbine while allowing you to experiment with the NMN dosage. Some biohackers report that doubling the NMN dose to a gram daily makes a huge difference. Others find that 500 milligrams daily is impactful. And so you'll just have to experiment with this for yourself. And so I've got the protocol here in the article and it goes something like this. Month one, you do 500 milligrams of NMN daily and 50 milligrams of pterostilbine daily. Month two, 500 milligrams NMN daily, 200 milligrams resveratrol daily. Month three, 1,000 milligrams NMN daily, 50 milligrams pterostilbine daily. Month four, 1,000 milligrams NMN daily, 50 milligrams resveratrol daily. And then month five, 500 milligrams NMN daily, 50 milligrams resveratrol daily, and 50 milligrams pterostilbine daily. In the final month, as you can, as you'll be able to see if you go and check out the protocol in the article, which you are going to want to do if you want to implement it. In the final month, you would take all three together. 
However, I suspect that this is a bit of overkill, unless you're struggling with a serious chronic condition. These studies indicate that taking resveratrol or pterostilbine increases the baseline NAD plus level for weeks, even after ceasing dosage. When it comes to not natural compounds like these, the effects on our health tend to linger. I think even with the one-month cycles, you'll enjoy some synergy between the pharmacokinetics of the resveratrol and pterostilbine. So in conclusion, I give pterostilbine a risk grade of A. I think it's fine. I think it's something that people should go out there and try. And uh, I will conclude, despite their similarities, it would be a mistake to, re to replace pterostilbine with resveratrol. They work together achieving an anti-aging effect. There's a reason why you find them together in nature, in the skin of grapes. If you can afford to, you would probably want to take a little of both or cycle them, as I suggest in the epigenetic awesomeness protocol. If you need to be selective, if you're, you know, bound by uh, budget here, I think resveratrol is more for those suffering from diabetes, obesity, or heart disease. I would prefer pterostilbine, again, because I don't have to worry about it robbing any of the gains of my aerobic exercise, and I typically end my gym workouts with 15 minutes of, uh, with 15 intense minutes on the bike doing cardio. So, Treat your epigenome right with things like pterostilbine and NMN that we're talking about here, and you can enjoy guilt-free the simple pleasures in life, like a glass or two or three of vino. That's my thoughts on pterostilbine. If you use it, let me know. I'd love to hear from people out there that are using pterostilbine, that are using these exciting epigenetic medicines and vitamins that I've been talking about lately. Drop me a comment, drop me a message via social media, and share this podcast around. Again, I'm Jonathan with Limitless Mindset, and I look forward to a continued conversation with you.